This podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be financial or investment advice. Seek a licensed professional for investment advice about crypto or any other investment. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Blazing Crypto Podcast. We are Justin and Brandon and excited to have you have you back. So today we are going to take a deeper dive into really what the people want to hear about. It's altcoins. We're taking a deeper dive into altcoins. Uh, Justin, we mentioned a while back that that the altcoin uh, 101 episode was the most downloaded episode we've done, <laughs> most listened to, shared, talked about, um, maybe argued with, I'm not sure. So today, we're giving the people what they want. We're taking a deeper dive into altcoins. We're going to talk about maybe some things that are that are at a deeper layer, a little bit deeper into the, the category, but I think are things that, that you should know, think about, maybe research a little more on your own. But we're also going to talk about some realities with altcoins based on where we are in the market. Um, a lot of what we would call retail traders and retail investors, sort of the common man, uh, the, the person that buys on directly on Coinbase, like a lot of us, you know, a lot of their interest has waned out of the market. Um, they're sort of uh, bored or disinterested or kind of waiting for the rocket ship to take off again. And that creates some interesting scenarios for altcoins. So we're going to dive into that. First, Justin, let's go back and answer a question that is sort of foundational for all of this to begin with. And that is, from your perspective, what makes altcoins so attractive to begin with? Let's just reestablish the baseline there. Yeah, to me, it's the volatility, or I should say, to the average person, it's the the extreme upside, which, by the way, comes with extreme downside, I have to add. And that's why I use the word volatility like I did. Um, but, I mean, yeah, who doesn't want to ride a, a, a dog coin from, you know, one-tenth of one penny to 75 cents? Like, who doesn't enjoy that? So, <laughs> Yeah, I had coffee this very morning uh, with a friend who basically said, I mentioned doing crypto, mentioned podcasts, and he basically said, oh yeah, like tell people don't buy Bitcoin. That ship has sailed, right? There's just no upside left to be had in Bitcoin. So we, we discussed that a little bit, um, but, but the point is, whether he's right or wrong, we're not going to get into. The point is, that kind of thinking is is prevalent and it's pervasive in the market. In other words, you need to you know you need to reach deeper into the stack to find projects that could still do 100 or 200x. People people want access to the volatility, uh, and yeah. I and I get it. Let's talk about um, we, we we got into in the first episode episode seven on altcoins 101 a little bit about the history of altcoins, but now that we're in 2022. Um, Altcoins are not what they used to be, Justin, um, back when, when you and I got into the market in 2017, 2018. So refresh our memory. Talk a little bit about how the entire altcoin landscape is different in 2022 than it was back in 2017 when really we saw the first ever onslaught of all these altcoin projects. Yeah. So just like any, any invention, you know, it starts with an idea. Right. So you start with an idea of something that you, whatever, it's, it's a vision of something you want to create. And then it goes into a planning process and then some sort of development or, or building process of what you're inventing. And then finally, at the end, you have a product that's launched. People are using, hopefully. 
So that basically that whole life cycle is exactly what the altcoins are going through. So the big difference between now and 2017 is, you know, four years ago, all it was just a bunch of ideas. And, and what we called white papers were literally thousands of ideas of how can we use blockchain and in, in these different you know applications were flooding the market. And so everyone was rushing to these ideas and saying, oh, I like this idea or this one's really cool or this one has a really big you know investor backing it. Well, what's happening is today, four years later, we're actually moved out of the idea phase, right? I mean, there, there's still new new stuff coming up, but a lot of stuff it's in product development or maybe they even um, maybe they even actually have a working product and it's in beta or something like that. But these altcoins today actually have use cases, actual products that are actually being used. So I think um, without getting too far into what that means for like the investor, one thing I have tried to do this, you know, in 2022 that I couldn't do back in 2017 was I want to invest in something that's a little bit further down the line. It's no longer just an idea, right? It's something that actually has a working product, something I can test, use, and see other people using. Yeah. And in one sense, the barrier to entry is lower, but in another sense, the standard is higher. I think, um, it's less of a free for all, right? It's not just yeah. like you said, it's not just a bunch of ideas where you, you literally, I think a key word here is you have to speculate. Justin, you and I used this term yesterday talking about a different project. It's like with some of these projects four or five years ago, you had to speculate a, a reality and a future that you couldn't see. And I think speculate's a key word here because that, you know, for people that are sort of concerned about, they don't want to buy into a bubble that that is going to heavily correct. You know, the more you have to speculate, the more the upside case is speculative. Uh, and that's really what what's driving a lot of that that investor activity. Right. And so, yeah, in 2022, I mean, yes, their actual products, use cases, building value, uh, value is being delivered, not just promised. And I think that's a key, a key idea. Justin, you know, as people I mean, if you jump into the space today. If, if people are looking at all the menu of, uh, of altcoins and whether they get their menu because they look at Coinbase or Voyager or Gemini or FTX and they see the available coins, you know, whether they're following people on Twitter um, that, that talk about various altcoins, it, it's, it's a difficult landscape, right? You look at all of these, these, these tags. How, how do you go about and how would you recommend other people going about identifying good projects versus bad ones? Yeah, so I'll just kind of tell you a little bit about how I approached the market, you know, over the last few years. I think they'll give you a good a good example. So, about two years ago, um, I was having a conversation with a friend, and or actually, this is this is more like a year, year and a half ago, or whatever. But I, I was telling him about Solana, and you know, he's like, "Well, why do you like so Solana so much?" I was like, "Well, let's say you have ten altcoins to pick from." And five of them are individual products that are trying to launch and they're, you know, there's potentially a market for that product. But then there's one, two or three altcoins that are the frameworks that those products are built on top of. So in that situation, Solana is the framework. Um, 
you know, its success, I, I have a much better vision of its success because, because it's not just a single product, right? That could fail. Um, Solana could lose half of its products that are built on top of it. And it would still have a lot of volume, a lot of use case. So to me, it was like, I'd rather have the software that people have to build on top of to build their products than go after some of these altcoins. Yeah, it's a cool idea, but it doesn't have that network effect, right? Of, of the network effect that Solana has of all of these different types of projects that are unrelated. And some of them are, some of them are integrated together, but if any one project fails, Solana's not going anywhere, right? Because it's, it's more of a network. So that's been my approach is I want the, I basically want to invest in the tools that the developers have to use to build products, if that makes sense. Um, that, that, that's been my big approach. And anytime you hear someone talk about layer one blockchains, that's what they're talking about. They're talking about the blockchains that all of these different use case products are built on top of. So to me, that's a much more, that's just a much more attractive investment, especially if you looked at um, the top 10 cryptocurrencies, for example, you've got Bitcoin, that's a layer one, Ethereum, another layer one, Solana, um, Cardano, DOT, the majority of the top 10 coins are layer ones. And it's because a lot of people in the world have the same mindset as me of like, I want to invest in the thing that all of these other altcoins have to build on top of. Yeah, exactly. And one thing I want to say here is in terms of how to identify good projects from bad projects. I think that there's, um, kind of a, a what you don't know can hurt you. And, and here's what I mean by that. There are people out there, and, and the Warren Buffett um, maxim that often gets brought up is, and I hear this a lot from older older people, uh, meaning older than like 40 or 50. Uh, apologies to those of you that are listening. <laughs> I hear the maxim of, like Warren Buffett, I don't invest in things I don't understand. That is certainly a, a very nice conservative safeguard, right? To just not getting yourself in trouble. I want to extend that idea. Number one, you need to learn about new stuff. Uh, technology is racing faster and faster and faster. That's not an excuse to stop learning. But what I want to extend that to is to say, like, be willing to apply a common sense test to the projects you're looking at. In other words, don't take the position that says, well, I could never understand this stuff anyway, therefore I'm not even gonna engage my natural instincts on whether this sounds like a good product or not. And the reason I say that is, things like, um, actually Polygon or Matic is not a layer one. Uh, I'll mention a layer two solution built on top of Ethereum as a scaling. Uh, idea that's taken off and like it's not a surprise like there's a project built on ethereum which is the largest has you know one of the largest user use user sorry second use case and user base user bases um, is doing a, a massive amount of transactions and it has a really big problem that's obvious to a lot of people and polygon basically went after its biggest problem of scaling and making transactions faster and cheaper and it's successful. And, and and the point is, you didn't have to stab in the dark. You didn't have to guess 
to identify that that was probably a pretty good investment. We've, you know, we've talked about the chart with Solana and how much development it had, how many um, uh, transactions per second, all of these stats compared to other layer one smart contract chains. And it's like the data is just really clear. My, my point is it, this is not pulling a rabbit out of a hat. This is not, man, I got lucky and picked the right horse to win the Kentucky Derby. Like that is not what this is like. So I would just say in kind of a long-winded fashion here, don't disengage your common sense. Now, you need to get smarter. You need to learn more. You need to be willing to ask questions and research. But don't think, oh, I'm not a, I'm not a brilliant you know, crypt cryptographer or I don't know a lot about blockchains or therefore I'm stupid. No, don't do that. That's kind of my advice to our to our audience. Justin, do you agree with that? Any Anything to correct or adjust based on what I just said? No, I think it's, it's money. I mean, like... Yeah, I think a lot of times we make it more complicated than it needs to be because like, I don't know if it's, it, sometimes we just think, oh, complicated means it's sexier. I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's just like, no, just keep it simple. Ethereum has a massive scaling problem. I want to invest a little bit of my money in the thing that is trying to address that problem. That's a no brainer. Um, so yeah, I, I. I think that's a, a great way to look at it. Yeah, and maybe back to that statement of I don't invest in things I don't understand. Maybe an extension of that kind of thinking, which I don't have a problem with. Maybe an, a, a healthy extension in crypto is I don't invest in things that I don't understand what problem it solves and the actual solution it brings to the table. In other words, if I can't if I can't articulate that, I don't invest. Right. I think that's a really good rule of thumb to follow if you're looking for rules of thumb to follow. Okay. <laughs> um, some people are not. Some people just want action uh, and that, you know, help, help yourself. Uh, this is certainly not financial advice. Okay. So getting into maybe what's the most important question that we're going to talk about today. We've, we've talked about some lead up, kind of gotten everybody back on level footing again with altcoins. Some people, Justin, have gotten wrecked. Some people um, moved in to altcoins pretty heavily in the fall. So we basically had, if, if you haven't been paying too much of attention, January 1 of 2021 sort of started essentially the longest alt season we've ever seen. A lot of altcoins peaked between late April, May. And then maybe 20 to 30% of the, the altcoin space did either another peak or even uh, another all-time high sometime around Labor Day, early September. Uh, but really, since September, it's been down season for uh, for altcoins. If people, and I'm, I'm going to bring up maybe what's a touchy subject for some. Uh, I know people uh, that, that had pretty heavy Cardano bags that they bought north of $2, north of $250, north of $280, and maybe even north of $3, which is about the peak of Cardano. Um, I saw Cardano to $10, Cardano to $12. I saw those calls, right? Mm -hmm. Take people like that, and, and, and feel free to, to, to give another case other than Cardano if, if it makes your case better. But but tell people, I mean, if you, if you bought 
$500 of a coin in September and you're down 50, 60, 70, 80% right now, what advice do you have for people? What should they be thinking about, right? We can't tell people what to do in their individual cases, but what kinds of things would you be thinking about in that scenario? I think the first thing that I would want to say is, um, well, first, I'm sorry that that happened. Uh, that's not a fun ride and I've been, I've been there before. Um, but I would encourage people to keep trying, right? And I don't mean keep trying like with the same method, but like, don't give up on crypto or write it off because you had a bad experience, right? Because there's still a lot of opportunity, um, that's there to be had. If you stick to it, learn from your lessons, um, or just learn lessons, you know, from mistakes and adjust accordingly and move forward. So I think um, a lot of times what happens when someone does what you just described and they're down 80%, they end up selling at a loss and they quit crypto. And then maybe they come back literally a year later when all the prices are higher, right? Because now, oh, hey, everything's back. Like I want to try to make money again. Um, But that mentality, like that you're not going to get very far with that. So I think the biggest thing is to look at the situation where you're, you know, you're in a, a coin that's down 80% and kind of ask questions like, okay, how did I get here? Right? Like, um, the, the whole concept of when we say honor the King and queen, um, like the core four that we've kind of put together, it comes from those experiences. Uh, the other thing I would say is a lot of people, they get into the position where they, they expose themselves to too much risk to an altcoin because they think they have to do that to achieve some sort of financial goal, right? So you're saying like, oh, I missed Bitcoin, whatever. It's already, whatever it is right now, $44,000. Um, in order for me to make crypto work, I've got to find the next big thing. And then they overexpose themselves to it and they get wrecked. Um, So I think the main lesson that needs to be learned there is stick to Bitcoin and Ethereum and build a strong, just keep dollar cost averaging, build a strong base uh, on top. And then on top of that, then, okay, yeah, if you want to buy some Cardano to get some more risky exposure, sure, do that. You know, look at some different altcoins that you want to pursue and diversify a little bit. But at the end of the day, you've got to learn to basically limit your exposure to some of these riskier assets. Because if you don't, it's going to be really hard in the long run to really, um, I think, just just build a, a strong portfolio. This conversation makes me think of two things specifically. I think number one, you know, you've got to be committed to learning and not simply learning more information and learning new information. But if you took, again, if you took Cardano at $2 or 250 and you bought into the idea, you bought into the, I'll say hype because Cardano was not actually, it wasn't actually really doing anything yet. And I'm sorry to pick on that case again, but it's a, it's a helpful one because I think enough people that are listening would know about it or at least 
could know about it if they wanted to. It's not some random, you know, pulled it out of thin air. I mean, it was a top 10 coin in market cap, mm-hmm. which means a lot of people were in on this. But you have to be committed to learning. You have to be committed to saying, why did why did that not make sense? What did I get wrong? Where did I deviate in, in a way that I need to sort of either adjust my plan or I really need to sort of debrief after, a, you know, do a postmortem and say, where did this thing go off the rails? Because what I'll say is, if you, at the time in which, Justin, did Cardano get to, how high did it get? It didn't get to three, did it? Did it get to three at one point? I think it got to three. I, I'm, for just for clarity, I don't invest in Cardano, and I, I don't know if I ever have, but I, I followed it occasionally. I think it right. got around three. Yeah, I, I think it, it. I know it was at four in total market cap, like the fourth highest market yep. cap of any crypto project. We're talking about like serious money here that's invested. If you looked at all ten projects at that time. There were two massive outliers, Cardano and Doge. Okay, yeah. we don't need to cover Doge. We all under, well, we understand at least enough. I'm not going to cover that that case. But those were the two projects that, and, and you could even say with Doge, it actually did have a massive user base. But with Cardano, it to me, Cardano was the heaviest, or most had the most speculation involved in why this was a good idea. You had to sort of like close your eyes, hold your nose with that coin more than any other ones. All the other ones were already doing what they said they were going to do. Here's my point. Again, long-winded today. If you if you had a recipe to make something, to make a dish, to make a soup, to bake a cake, and it didn't come out how you like it, don't use the recipe again without making alterations. That's kind of the point. One Justin, I want to... I'm sorry. One thing I wanted to I wanted to make sure we highlighted there is, um, I like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what you were in over the last several months. You were at a massive loss. So one thing I want to avoid is saying Cardano is down because it it doesn't have a strong use case. Um, the reality is everything is down. Right now, I still I'm not investing in Cardano. Right, I I wanted to invest in Solana because I saw the development there and and the use case for it. But um, I think we have to avoid just investors have to avoid the mindset of the price is down, therefore the asset is garbage, um, and that's not the case. Right, and, and whatever we we can get into different assets and talk about which ones we like more. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it comes back to honoring the king and queen. And then when you're going to invest in an altcoin, make sure you limit your exposure. If it's Cardano, if it's Solana, whatever it is. Because the reality is in crypto, really good projects, if you're looking at the short-term horizon, can either perform really well or really, really poorly. Um, but I don't know. I, that's not to disagree with anything you said. Uh, it's more of like a trying to avoid that mindset of prices down on Cardano, therefore Cardano is useless. No, that's that's a helpful correction. I think maybe I got a little bit too excited and carried away, admittedly. (laughs) You're right. Every every project, uh, there's actually a couple of exceptions I'm thinking about, but but by and large, every project is down 50% or or more. There are some exceptions. 
I think maybe I should have led in to say, um, kind of when the whole, <laughs> when all the dust kicks up and everything goes, oh man, what just happened? It, it's a good time to sort of, to, to refresh, to reset, to rebalance. And, and I say that to say Cardano has lost a lot of market cap in relation yep. to other projects. That's probably the angle and the specific that I should have pointed out. Again, what I want to try to, I want people to understand is, you know, we are all smart enough to figure out the difference between a good project and a bad project. Yeah. I think the specific question, and I'll, let me tee this up again, because I think this is why we got into this discussion. Let's just, I mean, there are people where Cardano is, and again, this may be why I was beating it like I was. There are people where Cardano is 30% or 40% of their overall stack. Yeah. So coming at it from a standpoint of if you could reinvest again, it's probably not helpful. So just let me, let me rephrase and ask you this question. I'm just going to make up numbers. If you had $10,000 in, so it's talking real money here, not $100. If you had $10,000 in crypto that you had invested and 3000 of that 10000 was in Cardano, it's obviously not worth 3000 right now. But my point is, from what you put in, if 30% of what you had put in was in Cardano, what are you doing with that bag right now at this point? Are you holding it? Are you trimming it? Are you selling the whole thing? In that scenario right now, I'd sell it and I'd move it all into Solana. Like, and the, and the reason behind that is it's unfortunate timing, right? Everything, like I said, everything's down, but there's a reason I didn't pick Cardano. Uh, and I pick Solana instead. And that's so Cardano and Solana both have very similar risk exposure in that in the event of a short term market like crash, they're both going to get hammered really hard. But in my, in my opinion, Solana has significantly higher upside because of the ecosystem that's being built on top of it. And there's just nothing being built on top of Cardano that I know of. Um, so to me, it's like, okay, they're both similar risk. One has much higher upside. I'd want to move in on, move in on, on Solana. Um, if that wasn't an option, I honestly, in this moment, I can't, I, I can't really say what I would do. I don't, I don't really know. Uh, you're in a conundrum there. Cause, cause if we're, if we're headed into, you know, a bear market with altcoins for the next 12 to 24 months like that's it's going to go a lot lower it, like it can go a lot lower and that's not something i'd want to ride all the way down so i would probably lean towards cutting my losses and either moving into something like solana or just moving into like bitcoin or ethereum so let's let's say this all right cardano today and the reason why we're talking about cardano is i, I want to dig into a specific use case and not just sort of name drop and dance around that's sort of too convenient but actually yeah. talk about something that, that I know people that listen to this podcast have exposure to. And to be fair, I had exposure to it too. I happened to sell it all at 285. And we could talk about why I did that maybe at a different episode. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. It's unfair to just drop that. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. Oh, man. That's Do funny. I? 
I also <laughs> I, I also bought a lot of Solana at two forty. So don't yeah. Uh, d- yeah. He just wrote something else down. <laughs> Listen, we all have we all have pain. Listen, the way this the way this shakes out to me. It's like going to the arcade and there's the machine that takes everybody's money, but it just takes, <laughs> it takes different people's money because they haven't learned that it takes your money yet. And so we kind of walk by everybody. Oh. You chuckle a little bit. It's funny. You remember when you lost your money, you pat people on the back, you help them know that it takes your money and you all move on. Yeah. And you kind of have a, a brotherhood, uh, a little community based on knowing which machine takes your money. That's kind of <laughs> what this feels like. So again, we're laughing with you. We're not laughing at you. Um, I have more. I have more skeletons I could reveal. So Cardano is at one hundred five. I know it peaked around three dollars in September, uh, or thereabout. Um, Justin, j- seriously though, because I think people are in positions right now where I guess that's what uh, that's close to a seventy percent um, correction. So, so if you bought at the top, you're down seventy percent. If you bought it two dollars, you're down fifty percent. Not terrible. Let's sort of like that's the Cardano situation, but but people are in a lot of situations like that, especially if they bought at the top. So what I want to what I want to give people is what do you think the realistic menu of options is? In other words, what are the options that people can consider? And obviously, everyone's got to make their own decision. What do you think are the viable options at this point? Again, if you're in thirty, if you're in a Cardano, or if you're in a position thirty percent that's not Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana. Yeah, I think the you like the problem is your your position can't be thirty percent in Cardano, right? So it's like you can't. Okay, so move let's forward. talk about what the menu of options from here going forward. Like, what are the options on the table? Yeah. Move that like. You could move that uh, portion of your portfolio into a safer asset like Bitcoin or Ethereum. Um, you could move into U.S. dollars, the most stable asset. Um, yeah, I mean those those are really your your two only like decent options. I think both of those options are better than holding, like continuing to hold all the way down. Because like I said, you know, you you mentioned it's down set. I think seventy percent or something like mm-hmm. that. But like I mean, roughly, roughly. For something, a lot of people don't don't realize this until maybe they look at the actual charts and the math. For something that is down seventy percent, it dropping all the way down to ninety percent is a whole lot further than people realize. Like that that extra twenty percent is is absolutely massive, right? So, um, yeah, I think I think that's I think that's the the part that you don't realize that until it's, it's, it's happened. And then you're like, Oh crap. You know, now that yeah. 30% of my portfolio has become 1%. <laughs> let me give, let me give an example. There's actually an, 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 an option I think is, is legitimate that you didn't specifically articulate. And I want to, I want to get that on the, on the record here. I was in a coin uh, called Serum SRM. It, it's, it's built on a liquidity provider for an exchange for inside the Solana ecosystem. Uh, Justin, you and I both, I mean, that, that project is extremely valuable. It's very important for the Solana ecosystem, excuse me, but for some reason the token had not performed very well. So I, I had a stack from, from way back when, when it was a few dollars and then I bought a decent bit more between six and $7. And I was frankly expecting 
10, 15, $20 uh, move in, in 2021. We didn't get that because everything, everything went down. So I had the same decision. Now it was not a big, it was not a big stack for me to be fair. It was not 30%. It was not 5%. It was probably less than 1%, but it's still dollars. What I decided to do basically immediately is I decided, yes, this thing has massive upside still, but it also has way more downside in that it could drop another 50%. It's at $3. It could easily drop another 50%, another 70%. I decided to basically immediately trim 50% of the position immediately. Yep. And, and I put it in a safer asset. So I think I, I, I think if, if people uh, and hopefully us talking through this is helping you think through this because these decisions you're making them with uncertainty about what the future holds and, and, and the goal would be to be as principle based as possible. I think the options are you sell the whole thing immediately and you diversify into safer assets. And you know what our safer assets would be, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana. And you could diversify in any percentage on that spectrum that you wanted to. You could sell 33% or 50% of the position into safer assets and hold the remaining 50%. <clears throat> the thing I probably wouldn't recommend, but it's certainly on the table, is holding the entire thing. Okay. There, I just want to say this because I think it's, it, it's only fair to mention it. And then we'll move on to another another couple questions here uh, to pursue. There are situations where you and I, Justin, have we bought altcoin bags 2018, 2019, 2020. They went down 50%. We liquidated the entire position. And a year, two years, three years later, depending on the, the position, we're both kicking ourselves. Um, I had that with Mana, M-A-N-A, uh, Decentraland. It's a kind of a Web three digital real estate product. Uh, I had I had a healthy bag of Mana in 2018. I don't remember what I bought it at, and I don't remember exactly how much I had, but it's up heavily. But I would have had to hold for two and a half or three years. But it would be it would be a massive return. Yep. So. Justin, how do you know how do you know when to hold a bag for two to three years? And basically almost for it's almost better to forget that you even have it. How do you know when to do that? To me, I would make that decision based on use case or just I don't know how to say this and it sounds stupid, but meme power. <laughs> like I'm sorry. I knew three years ago that Doge had meme power. Right? I knew that thing would do well on Twitter. Uh, that's partly why I bought some last January, right? So there's that aspect of it of like, this thing is just like, it's funny and it's it's built for the the meme power of the internet. That's that's one one way to tell, although it's not very measurable. Another way is just use case. Like, like Decentraland, the one that you were talking about, Mana. The reason we liked that was because it was like this, it was like this metaverse use case. And no one was talking about metaverse back then, but it was this vision of digital real estate, right? A video game basically that you can live in and, you know, have community around. So that the problem with mana is it was just like, we front ran that idea by like two years. You know, it was just really early. Um, 
And sometimes in crypto, you can be too early because of the volatility. You can be way too early on stuff. So I think this, I, th I think mana had a great use case. Um, and that's, that's why it's done well so far. Um, especially with all the metaverse narrative and all that stuff. But man, like some of this stuff, yeah, I would have to take it on a coin by coin basis and be like, like, what is the real use case for this? How far out maybe is that use case? And then kind of like make the decision one by one. Yeah. yeah and we'll cut it. We'll cut it there to basically say, again, I would say if you've got a position that you like, if there's a project you've invested in that you really like and you really want exposure to and you, you're committed to it and you, you think the use case is legitimate, maybe it's a right idea, wrong execution. In other words, maybe the timing is just wrong and it'll come back around. Yeah. Obviously, you've got to be willing to take a complete zero, you know, complete a complete loss if you're going to if you're going to continue to hold. I just say all that to say sometimes liquidating the entire bag is not the right call. And sometimes it it's is. True. And it's really tough yeah. to know. It's really tough to know. And like you said, case by case. Uh, shameless plug. I mean, that actually is one of the, the scenarios with our, our, our Discord, our Blazing community that I'm excited about is we're helping people walk through individual use cases, individual scenarios, individual decisions. Yeah. So again, if, if this kind of thing stumps you, frustrates you, you find yourself, I have no idea what to do. I need uh, a sounding board. Uh, you know, join us. Uh, it's not it's not an incredible amount of money to invest per month. Uh, we'll help you at least make really good decisions that you that you feel that you feel good about, and that you know there's a plan, and you're not just sort of like emotionally overreacting to stuff, which we all can be prone uh, to do. All right, in altcoins, Justin, there is there's two uh, there's two things I want to make sure we explain. We'll be we'll be brief with this because these are a bit more technical. There's two sort of ideas that if you are on crypto Twitter or if you read anything at all, you're going to run into these two these two ideas. So Justin, there's there's a, a thing called Bitcoin dominance or BTC dominance. Sometimes you see it in chart form. Sometimes you just see it sort of a number. Give us a brief a brief handle on what BTC dominance is and what why is that important for altcoins. So a really quick overview: Bitcoin dominance. Is just a percentage so if you if you take all of the money in crypto at a given point in time uh and you looked at okay how much of all of that money among among all of these coins is in bitcoin and that's going to be your, your bitcoin dominance i don't even i'm not sure what the metric is right now it's probably around 40 percent um so that's what it is um the and i think the reason it's so important and this has a lot to do with timing uh basically timing of, of when you enter the market is basically there, there's, there's two types of money in crypto. There's the money that is with the experienced people, the experienced crypto people that have been around for a while. And then there's all of the new money that's coming in. Right. And if, if you're going to play altcoins and you're going to invest in them, understanding those two audiences, and when it's safe to have altcoins and when it's safer to have bitcoins, that's kind of like the recipe for success. Um, so the, the, big, the big thing there is like altcoins, for example, they do really, really well when new retail, a bunch of new people are coming into the market. 
And what happens is a lot of the experienced people, they know that. So they start taking altcoin positions because all of this new money is coming in and all of the new money, it always goes to the altcoins. It does it, it, the little people like us, they don't want to buy Bitcoin, right? They want to buy the altcoin that's going to go, you know, 10,000 X in a month. But you, you get the point there is in crypto, you have to understand when the new money is coming in uh, and when it's not coming in. And basically Bitcoin dominance is a way to kind of measure that, right? It, it's kind of a way to like, look at that. Um, and it's, to me, it's a huge signal of, okay, now, now is a safe time for me to, to buy some altcoins because the new market, the, the new money's coming into the market, right? And that's, it's simply reflected in the Bitcoin dominance price. So one more thing on that um, is the, there's a term that we joke about in crypto. It's like up in USD, right? And <laughs> what, what's really happening, why, why that's so funny is let's say, uh, let's say like, Bitcoin goes on a 40% pump, right? And it, it goes from like $10,000 to $14,000. And altcoins only went up like 10%. Well, a lot of a lot of the newer people, they're like, oh, my altcoin is up 10%. I'm killing it. I'm so excited. Uh, and the reality is the whole, all the experienced people over here are saying, yeah, I'm actually up 40%. And by the way, I'm in, I'm in the safest asset on the market. So like <laughs> the reality is up in USD, that really doesn't matter if you just lost 30% of your Bitcoin, right? Because the reality is in that situation, if you had the equivalence of one Bitcoin worth of money in the market and Bitcoin goes up 40%, but the alts only go up 10%, you no longer have one equivalent Bitcoin. Now you've got like 0.6 or 0.7. Right. And it's a, it's a little bit of a technical thing. Um, we don't talk about it a lot because it, it, it is a technical layer in the, the situation with, with crypto. But again, if you're going to get exposure to altcoins, I think it's worth knowing about. Mm -hmm. Basically, I think a, a, a brief primer on this is if, Bit, if the Bitcoin dominance percentage is going up, altcoins are probably going down or at least Bitcoin is moving and it's probably moving by itself. Now, alts will catch up. It's kind of a slingshot, elastic, you know, rebound effect. But if, if Bitcoin dominance is falling, then altcoins are, by and large, probably doing well and maybe doing very well. Um, and so, again, there, there's, there's a lot more to say there. Uh, there's ways to use that. There's ways to not use that. The point is, and this is kind of a cheat code, um, at a macro level, if you find the if you find the times that altcoins are doing well in general, it really doesn't matter which altcoin you're in. And yeah. if you find the times altcoins are not doing well at all, it really doesn't matter which one you're in. In other words, the macro move with alts is really what to pay attention to. Um, and again, we can't we can't help you nail that today. That is a situational case by case, risk on risk off situation. Again, happy to help you with that on the Discord side. It's just hard to, to parse that, like, where are we right now? Um, last thing I want to say, Justin, and I'll give you a parting shot here. Um, I, I want to say at, at, at a big idea, sort of a, in a controlling your psyche, you know, understanding yourself kind of a thing, because that's what a lot of this is, actually. <laughs> it's a lot more about understanding yourself than it is about understanding crypto. 
we're all subject to what's called survivorship bias. And we don't we don't realize it. So what survivorship bias is, you know, if you take um, you take ten scenarios and 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 nine of them fail and one of them succeeds. First of all, you probably only hear about the one that succeeds. And whatever the case was with the one that succeeded, they basically tell you, oh, here's how you do it. I know how to succeed. This is how you succeed. And you it's very easy to take the the trappings and the, the nuances about that one scenario and sort of templatize it and say, oh, all you have to do is follow this one thing. Or all you have to do is, is chase this one thing. It works every time. Well, the problem is you don't realize that, that maybe in a limited data size, you only actually had a 10% chance of success to begin with. What you feel like is you feel like you've got an 80% chance of success, but you don't because you, we, haven't, we haven't factored in the 90%, the other nine fail cases. Now, maybe all, the, all of the other nine of them charted out on the same course with the same equipment for the same reason with the same goal and it's just variance that this one succeeded and now my, my point is it's kind of like in history the, the victors are the ones who write it i'm just saying with altcoins you, you really have to be careful don't take one success case and build your plan off of one success case that's why, frankly, it's helpful to be listening to lots of different kinds of people, not just a certain group of people, not just fanboys, not just crypto Twitter, but pump the bags that you like and that you have. That echo chamber is very, very dangerous. Um, there's a lot more to say there, but, but I think I know that's kind of philosophical and, and theoretical. I just think it's very important. Um, just make sure that you know about the things that don't do well and why they didn't make it. Because sometimes making it and not making it, what made it's not all that different from what didn't make it. Sometimes it's only about timing. And again, there's a lot of stuff we don't know and we can't know. But Justin, give us a, a, a kind of a final parting shot on altcoins and, uh, and we'll get out of here. Yeah, I would say um, if there's... I would love to say two things. One, if there's if there's one thing that I've learned over the last four years, or that I wished I wished I could go back and tell myself four years ago, um, is like you don't you don't have to have big exposure to altcoins. Like you don't have to do that. Um, it's 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 that simple. I don't I don't want to discourage people from buying them because I think it's fun and there's a lot of opportunity there. But if I could go back and change one thing, it was that my mentality was that I had to have these altcoins for six, to to have major success. And the reality is I did not have to have them to have major major success in crypto. Um I only I didn't need to have any exposure to altcoins to have major succession crypto. So I think that's the, that's the big thing. The other thing I would say is, and this isn't really altcoin related, but, um, as a, as a friendly reminder, people want big upside, big opportunity in crypto. And that is right now. Like that is indefinitely right now. And what I mean is these prices are down and this is the time 
in my opinion, this is the time to be buying. This is the time to be growing my my Bitcoin, my Ethereum, Solana stacks, um, and playing the long game. Because if if you want the higher upside, you've got to buy when there's not demand in the market. And what that means is you're buying at discounted prices. Um, yeah, the last the last month, two months, three months. This isn't new. Uh, I've you know we've both been through this multiple times over the last several years. Um, and what I've learned is times like this is where the biggest opportunity is in the market. Um, so right now, when there's not a lot of demand, I want to be buying. You know, it's funny. The last thing I'll close with to, to make that point with the Super Bowl. We just came through the Super Bowl uh, a week ago. Um, quote, unquote, everybody, everybody bets the Super Bowl. But normally, the Super Bowl is the worst thing to bet. Why? There's only one game. The lines are really, really sharp. Um, and the, the, the edges and the odds are very, very low. Uh, but everybody bets, the, everybody bets the Super Bowl. And that's, that's how retail bets. I'm not advocating for sports gambling. I know enough about it to say as the games get fewer and fewer and fewer, your sharper people bet less and less and less, right? And so the point is we don't want to be retail, even if demographically we are. We do not want to act like retail. So right now, retail is not in the market. And again, not financial advice. That's a buy signal for me. That's a buy signal for me because... They only retail only jumps in the market when all the lights are green and everything is pumping and it's exciting. When it's exciting is when I want to sell. <laughs> when it's boring is when is when normally I want to buy because I, I do not want to follow retail. I want to follow the the smart money, the sharp money, the whale money. Um, and so anyway, we'll do that together. I uh, would love to help you out. Would love to have you join Blazing Community. Uh, would love to help you uh, build and grow wealth with crypto to even a greater degree. Hope you enjoyed this episode on altcoins as we took a deeper dive into some people's favorite DGen activity. So uh, for Justin, I'm Brandon, and we will look forward to more DGen discussions in the future. Take care of yourself. And we'll see you next time. For more information, check out our website at blazingcrypto.io. Additionally, if you have friends that are new to crypto, share our trailhead videos from our website, which is a great way to get introduced to crypto.